Underground Podcast. Um, I am excited because I am essentially starting the batting old, uh, order over again. So tonight we're going to be jumping into the prequel trilogy and uh, yeah, just, just diving deep into it. I have a bunch of awesome guests and we are going to do that right now here on the high ground. Hello and welcome, party peoples. Hello, welcome to the high ground. Hello, how's everyone Hello doing? there. I'm good. I just ate, so <laughs> I was supposed to eat <laughs> earlier, but my order got delayed a little bit. So I was like, "Hey, it is what it is." Uh, I usually die of famine during my podcast, so that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I will probably do that from now on, but we'll we'll see. Um, anyways, let's. Uh, Start by going around the room, and we'll have everyone introduce themselves. Um, let us know where we can find you and all of your awesome content. And um, let's see. I Just pitch a, a prequel era show that we don't have already. All right? I'm going to put you all on the spot. Okay, you, you have to, you have to think of it. a show pitch, but it can't be the Clone Wars, right? It can't be something we already have. All right, for this, I will start with uh, J. Kevin Parker. All right. Well, I'm going to maybe cheat and go just a little bit before The Phantom Menace and say I would like to see uh, you know, Darth Sidious with his master. I would like to see some of that time where he's learning these secrets. Now that we know the story and it wouldn't be a spoiler, right? So um, I think that would be very interesting so that we know the stories about Darth Plagueis the Wise. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we we need a, a canon version of uh, of that book because yeah, that'd be amazing. All right, and and also, um, you know, who are you and where we can find your stuff? Oh yes, uh, sometimes I forget who I am. <laughs> um, so my name is Kevin. I go by Professor Kev. That's mostly a nickname, but I do a lot of educational stuff. Um, I am on TikTok mostly at J Kevin Parker is my username. I'm also on YouTube and some other places. I'm still trying to branch out, but mostly I'm on TikTok. So find me there. My link tree is there and all my other socials are linked. Yep. Find him dunking on people on the reg. It's the best. Um, this week has been, yeah, very busy. Fun for that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. Just, oh, no, no, no. Like it's, I don't know, it's, it's wonderful. Um, it's fun. <laughs> How about you, Ben? Where can we find you and your awesome all stuff? All right. <clears throat> so, BT artist or Ben Torres. The BT stands for Ben Torres. It's not Batardist, which a lot of my mutuals before <laughs> hearing me say it have called me Batardist. I love it so much. <laughs> if I was a Batardist, um, I don't think I'd be my or like on a platform. But uh first TikTok is uh, oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I do I'm a variety guy. I make videos where I'm using my brain. I have videos where my brain is off and I'm purely hyped. I have videos where I'm being a silly haha guy. I draw. And then other times I'm being unhinged and simping for actresses who are a lot older than me. But that's okay. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, 
And I guess for my prequel show, I've thought about this for years, actually. You're, you asked me a question I was prepared for. I need a show about the time between the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Anakin's training, because we, on screen, never seen it, right? And Anakin goes from this little bright-eyed kid who's like, I'm going to free all the slaves to, oh, this girl, Obi-Wan is mean to me. <laughs> he goes from just like this, this bright-eyed kid to... Every 15-year-old, 15 to 19-year-old boy, except he has even worse people skills. So I would like to see that. I would like to see where the devolution happened. I would love to see it. <laughs> All right. Um, also, I'm, I'm going to toss another another um, link in here because I got uh, my buddy Travis here um, with Ooh. a $2 ramen drop. Appreciate that. Uh, we also have to add in what color is your lightsaber. Um, I, any thoughts, or should I come back to you? Uh, I guess I'll go first because I just spoke. Um, I'm a man of simple tastes, even though red is my favorite color. I also don't want to harp on negative emotions. That's not my that's not my vibe, man. I'm a yellow lightsaber person because it looks dope, especially the golden ish color that Ray has. That's my preferred yellow lightsaber. That color is sweet, and I would also like a black and gold hilt because I'm extra like that. You know, it's just how it is. <laughs> so we're going yellow. All right, beautiful. Uh, and how about you, Chadden? Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, for show, y'all got me thinking about this. I, I was leaning towards the Anakin like story, um, kind of seeing his journey going through the Jedi um, between one and two, but. Now I'm thinking I would really like a Quinlan Voss show. Um, you know, we get the book, uh, Dark Disciple. We get, I think, one episode or a couple episodes he's in. Let's explain more on that guy's story. Like, why is Kenobi like, oh, Quinlan Voss, oh my. Like, what, <laughs> what reputation has he built to get there beyond what we've just seen in a few episodes? Like, he's a really good tracker. When I remember watching Bad Batch, I when Hunter was known for tracking, I thought, hmm, him and Quinlan in a contest of who could be the better tracker. Like, I would love to just see something like yeah. that. So, yeah, Quinlan Voss show. Um, in terms of lightsaber color, uh, for our Old Republic fans here, uh, specifically KOTOR 2, uh, orange saber is the way to go for me. Uh, I just thought the crystal color looked really cool. So, um, and I think it's canon now, thanks to Jedi Fallen Order. So, definitely orange. I'd love um, to see it. And yeah, so, and then you can find me on TikTok and Twitch, um, Star Wars and Marvel, mostly Star Wars. It's kind of a mix right now with everything going out. There's like too much content to keep up with, but <laughs> it's it's definitely the mix between uh, those two. Um, and yeah, that's the two big platforms you can find me on and the occasional gram, like Instagram thing. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward. Uh, I always try to jump into your streams when I... <laughs> When I can, and hopefully coming this February now, uh, we'll be able to, uh, to to stream together when we finally get the release of the um, SWOTOR expansion. Mm -hmm. It got pushed back. Supposed to be... Was it supposed to be today? It was supposed to be soon. What? No, it was supposed to be next week. It got pushed oh. back to February. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'd be great. Looking forward to it, man. <laughs> and then, um, again, y'all know me as uh, Darth Chaco. Like, I assume if you're here, you probably know me. But my <laughs> my show pitch is one of the things that we don't ever get is 
what it's like to be raised as a Padawan, what it's like to, for these mm. kids to be running around, learning these new powers, all this stuff. Um, in the in a short story with in a, from cert, a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, Obi Wan talks about how as a as a teenager he would like he he touched uh, what's her name's hand under the table at the the Jedi lunch table. Um, and like felt guilty about it, and um, like I don't know, I, I just think it'd be interesting to have these teenage kids, and he's like growing up, and he's you know he wants to spit game at, at he's got a thing for for blondes, uh, and that's the other thing is we, we I also want to see the early days of him at Mandalore, uh, yeah, I want to yeah. see what happened with Satine the first time of him. What did he say? He was carrying her and then dropped her into a pit of scorpions or something like that. I don't like it's. They say some weird stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And lightsaber color. Lightsaber color for me. I also got to go with yellow. It's always been yellow, mm-hmm. ever since um, Jedi Power Battles. That's what Plo Koon had in that game. And then I would play um, um, Jedi Academy, and I would always play as a Keldor, and I'd always have one yellow lightsaber. So that's it's been my thing forever. I'm gonna have to uh, go with white for me. Yeah, I think I might have started with yellow, but at this point in my journey, I'd like to think I'm kind of where Ahsoka could be. So I'm really looking forward to her show. Hey, it would it matches your white knight persona. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all day long. Uh. So uh, I just I just had to. I wear um, that, like a badge of honor. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, my diet element seven says fire orange baby. Um, mm, yeah. Rhonda uh, with a book says Tenokas lightsaber color, which is turquoise. Um, Tenoka, former like night sister. They weren't like Death Mary. It was a little bit different, but yeah, great color and a great character. Um. Let's see. Cal Forest says the the only pitch for a prequel show is Dax's Diner. Oh, I still want that more than that anything. So- oh man. Um, uh, Camilla says a Handmaidens TV series. That would be Ooh. super cool. Because uh, I've I've been really enjoying those books. I'm sad to see Queen's Hope get pushed back, but hopefully we'll be able to get um, we'll E.K. Johnson on for an interview. I'm trying. I am trying. Real quick, element seven. They're taking the younglings to Isengard. <laughs> Quinlan Voss tracks a bunch of younglings who were kidnapped. Uh, uh, extra gamer skills, green lightsaber. JJ Cat Lady says red and purple. They just look really good, really cool. Revenue. Sorry. Uh, and also, shout out to JJ Cat Lady, who is going to be coming on Diet in the Force this weekend. So if you want to see us all kicking it, uh, that is where we will be. Anyhow, let's let's jump into it. This whole panel, we're going to be talking prequels, and I wanted this to be more conversational. So we're we're doing this no script. We're just jumping in, and we're just going to jump on the subjects. I want to start at the beginning and hit each movie first, and then we'll do our overall thoughts, and then talk about the you know, backlash and all that good stuff. Jump straight into the Phantom Menace. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about this. Uh, that's why I also made sure to get a, a group of people with varied uh, ages, because I wonder how different it's going to be. But 
yeah, likes, dislikes, how you feel about the Phantom Menace overall, and we'll go to Ben first. Uh, I said I don't like to dwell on negative emotions, but the Phantom Menace <laughs> brings me negative emotions. <laughs> um, to pardon my French, but the Phantom Menace is straight booty water. Um, the last act is fine. Uh, you know, Liam Neeson carries that movie on his back, you know, but uh, as a kid, I watched the movie. I had no clue what the hell was going on. All I knew was Darth Maul shows up and that's when it gets good. And then the movie ends and uh, Qui-Gon is dead. And then as an adult, I watched it multiple times and I was like, what the hell is going on, man? There's a lot of, there's a lot of people sitting in rooms talking and, um, also, even as a kid, uh, Jar Jar made my elbows ache. I never really liked that man. I never, I still don't like that man. Uh, how they did Ahmed Best and um, Jake Lloyd makes my heart hurt. Especially because watching the movie, I was like, Jake Lloyd didn't even do a bad job. He's literally just acting opposite to Natalie Portman and Liam Neeson. You're, you, you, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's like, that's like being a first-time comedian and you're on the same like panel as literally like freaking Bernie Mac and Steve Harvey. Like you're not you're not gonna shine compared to them. You're actually gonna look like doo-doo water. So yeah. Um yeah, the kind of menace just <laughs> that's hilarious. hurts my brain. <laughs> I, I never thought about it like that, but it's like if if you're in high school and your first game starting and you're going up against like the 1997 Bulls <laughs> and people are like you guys are really bad. You're like, no, no, this is not fair. Like, right. That's like, that's like your first time picking up a tennis racket and the person you're playing against is Serena Williams. Like, I'd rather not. I would rather not. So (laughs) yeah, it's unfair. (laughs) People were so mean to them, but also that movie it's bad. It's real rough. It's rough out here in these streets. And I'm a young man. You know, I grew up watching the Phantom Menace, you know, Uh, I guess I'm, Compared to the most of my TikTok audience, I'm like a little older, I guess. But I grew up watching the prequels, grew up on the movies, and I don't, I don't like the <laughs> I just don't. And I literally just uh, ordered uh, the, the. That doesn't mean I don't own the movie. I have the the pack that they were selling at Walmart for a while, like uh, the the big six pack with all the like the uh, Blu-rays. I have that. I, listen, I still love Star Wars. It's still an essential. You know, part of the viewing experience. I struggle through one and two to get to three through eight, and I'm happy. And then we get to the last one. But that's like, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, uh, your thoughts, Chatton? Um, man, the, the booty water comment, I'm still trying to reel back from that <laughs> one. So that was the best thing I've ever heard. Um, I would definitely say, you know, I've had to sit back and I've, again, TikTok's exposed me to a lot of Star Wars content creators and Star Wars fans. And it's really good to get like those subjective opinions of like what I like, what I don't like, whether it's Phantom Menace, the originals, the sequels. Um, you know, for me, I actually put Phantom Menace on in the background. And, you know, if I'm doing chores, like doing dishes, doing laundry, like I like to watch it. I also, so a lot of like my career, my professional side, like a good amount of that has been working in like a field that part of it is touched by politics um, or working with like people who are more involved in the political sphere. So to a certain extent, 
I like the prequels presence of politics a bit more it, it, in the more direct sense of like, Oh, going to Coruscant. Oh, the Senate speaking, you know, the, the Senate, but like, I love <laughs> Palpatine, but yeah, like it's to me, I really like the themes of the slow buildup of Palpatine's plan. Like you see the Sith, like who are a myth slowly working in the shadows and you see this slow plan develop. Like the visuals are cool. The acting while the dialogue's like hit or miss, I think the actors and actresses give their all into creating a believable story. Uh, and I try to recognize sometimes it's my bias that kicks in when I talk about these things. But part of it is like, I just prefer the story. I think the era, the world building's really cool. Um, I do think there could have been improvements in certain areas. Um, you know, the Jar Jar, I think that uh, while I personally liked, I could see why others may have disliked the character of Jar Jar. I, I just shocked you, didn't I, Ben? That one was, yeah, that I was, was like, the thing. I was like, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I over time, I guess I kind of got used to it. I mean, like, if I'm gonna like, you know, Babu Frick, and like, I mean, he literally steals the show in episode nine for me. I'm like, that was my Babu, Babu Frick Babu as Frick. a kid. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's to me that was just like the funny, humorous character that C3PO was for the original trilogy. Like, you needed someone who was the laughing track along with all the other more serious moments and characters in the story as a whole. And so, yeah, I like Phantom Menace a lot. And while there's room for improvement, I think it stands pretty well in its own. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I do enjoy it myself. I was, I was uh, surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> Sorry, but that, everything you said was, was awesome, Ben. Um, but Real quick in the chat, I have a cat lady saying, I've grown to appreciate the Phantom Menace as I got older, but the harassment of the actors really yeah, overshadows yeah, yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, I have Rhonda says, the best thing to come out of Phantom Menace was Pod Racer for Nintendo 64. Those Pod Racer games, <coughs> I, I, there's still courses that I'm still certain that I could do from memory, just like blindfolded. Um Black yeah, they were what the trench run games were for the original trilogy, like the very, you know, kind of beginning of, of video games, even when yeah. it was just like little, you know, lines and hexagons and stuff like that. Like, it, it, I remember seeing those in the, the arcade version when I went to see the, like, Return of the Jedi, but there would be like the trench run from A New Hope. It still was called Star Wars at the time, but yeah. Remember that game because it was just the green triangles and stuff, and you, but you're doing the trench, yeah, dude. That's, yeah, that was advanced tech back then. That's where it's at. Um, Darth Man 86. Uh, uh, I liked Jar Jar, <laughs> fun character for a serious start for the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we're getting a lot of really mixed, you know. St. Pat says the best part of politics is the best part of the prequels, and I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have St. Pat on soon just to talk, just to talk the politics of the the prequels. I had a long conversation with him about it, and he was just blowing my mind with parallels to other things that have been going on, like really crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, how about you, uh, Jay Kev? Your thoughts on? Am I the only one here that actually liked Jar Jar Binks? Like, I was 22 <laughs> when this movie came out, and so I was just still under that age where George Lucas was talking about how, you know, the over 25 crowd that hated the prequels versus, you know, loving the originals because they grew up with them. I grew up with the originals, but I was really young when they came out, and I was so excited at 22 years old for this movie to come out. And honestly, it didn't disappoint me. It 
it had a couple of weird moments. Like, you know, uh, the, the weird puppet Yoda was awful. I'm glad that they changed him. Uh, some, maybe I brought back some uh, horrible memories for some people that horrible kind of blocked that out. But like that with the bug eyes, like it was just that was not a good Yoda. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. It was like they yeah, pulled like, it out of uh, like Sesame Street, like right out of the trunk and just started going with it. But then the, yeah, the CGI was anyway. Now that we've got it kind of connected, but Jar Jar never bothered me because exactly like Chatton was saying, C3PO he. A lot of people were annoyed by C-3PO, but that was his function in the original trilogy. He was sort of the annoying comic relief. And then, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, well, that's the same thing as Jar Jar Binks. Plus, he can jump really high. C-3PO can barely walk. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, not a great character in Lego Star Wars uh, to play in, unless you have to open a certain door. That's about it. Uh, but uh, Jar Jar, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm focusing a lot on Jar Jar. It, it's interesting thinking about it from a story perspective, though, because I don't think it stands well on its own. I knew it was leading to something else. And so I just had, you know, suspended that need for a clear protagonist and antagonist because it doesn't exist in this film. You never you, you don't even see Darth Maul until like nearly the middle of the film. And I think he's got like less than a minute of dialogue, like 37 seconds or something. I, I actually timed it one time. It was pretty abysmal. I'm glad we got more of him, you know, in the other media, but still nothing beats that, you know, double saber when he comes out and that music plays like that's the moment we were all waiting for. And I thought it was cool. So overall, I thought the movie was pretty cool and I was excited for episode two. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on that one when we get to it. Awesome. Um, no, I, <laughs> I started laughing because because um, Cal, you mentioned uh, Puppet Yoda being a, a nightmare and a half. And he he still haunts me uh, to to this day. I just I just think real quick. Um, we, we have no, to appreciate no, 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 it doesn't exist anymore. No, oh. I'm responding to some of those fanboys just because I just want to unsettle. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> that Yoda looks like vomit personified. I hate him. I just, He's the I just, worst. I just feel like now that it doesn't really exist, Jakar Sanu should come up and be like, "If an item does not appear on our records, it does not exist," and that should Thank be you. that item. That should that be item, that. Oh my. a Jedi that spoke in the whole. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Didn't even know she was a Jedi forever. I thought she was just a mean old librarian, but. Nah, oh, you had no. to play the Revenge of the Sith video game, man. She's trying to give you the hands. <laughs> oh, she turns out to be a cool character. I just yeah, yeah wasted I'll, potential for all these I'll, Jedi. I like what the new canon did with her for sure in the comics, though. So absolutely whipping out a lightsaber gun and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's let's go. Be a good feisty old lady. Oh, hey, I mean, you you said it yourself. Simple. <laughs> that's I guess that's. Uh, Nico says I'm down to make a Skywalker psychology vid. Um, yeah, like if you make a vid and, and and who knows, maybe we can uh, maybe we can chat about that sometime. I actually had um, some people reach out and because uh, they're self-publishing this book called Linking Galaxies, and it's all about the psychology of, of Luke Skywalker. So I want to reach out and see if I can get these guys on here as well. That that'd be super cool. And the foreword of this book is actually written by Element Seven. Wow, interesting stuff. Right. <laughs> um, no, for for me, I I loved it. You know, when I was little and then saw it, yeah, and like I, I always talk about like the sound of Saboba's pod racer is still 
echoes like in, in my like it was the meanest sounding thing ever. Um, who thought they would show all three laps of the pod race? Like now I think like this scene's kind of long, but I love it. Um, yes, thinking it, it, and it's it's it really does come down to your own you know personal bias. If I'm thinking critically on it, I'd say of all of every single Star Wars film, The Phantom Menace is the largest outlier. Um, as it has like it sets stuff up, but it's it's not it's very tangentially connected to anything yeah. else. You know, you can, you can watch two through nine and be in and like not need one. And, like <clears throat> Darth Maul, amazing villain. Happy we got him back and got the depth. But um, he didn't have any reason for fighting them. At least nothing that was set up in the film, besides. Uh, religious di- <laughs> differences, <laughs> you know, and yeah, at last uh, week we'll get our revenge. Well, what is it about? What, what, what revenge for what? I mean, those of us who know extra than the movies, we had a good idea, but they never addressed that in the film. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't until uh, AJ um, Jedi underscore Star Killer said, uh, "Yeah, it's the best movie that doesn't have a protagonist," and I was like. Oh, there's no main character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. There's like three floating protagonists. You got Qui-Gon, Anakin, and Padme. And Anakin and Obi-Wan. Get... Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's validity as a protagonist in that movie always like makes my brain hurt. Because he is just he's just he's out of it for like he's the, the middle chunk. Yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. that's what's cool about it though, is the fact that it is against like kind of what the previous movies did before and it went for that more ensemble cast approach which i think like you know again art subjective but i kind of liked that it didn't just have the focus of one person like this is the most important person hero wise or villain wise like you got to explore a lot of different stories Mm -hmm. and build up from a variety of characters and their perspectives and their interactions so i don't know i guess i liked that mode of storytelling in this okay no I, i like that um, and I like that we got to see the beginnings of Sheev, even though we didn't know his name maybe at the time, but like Palpatine didn't just start out as the chancellor. He was just a senator from Naboo. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I, at 22, I was starting to get into real world politics. So maybe that's why I found that a little more interesting that what they were diving into. And it didn't bore me like it did a lot of people. I also yeah. liked the pod race all three laps. I don't care. But I just I think without showing that Anakin could do that, you know, it, there's no justification for him flying a Naboo fighter, right? Like none. Yeah. That, 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 none that has always made There's me still, so mad. Because he's defeating an army. That about the every time I watch Luke, you know, doing the, the Death Star after you know his first spaceship and people want to complain about Ray as if those two guys had it, you know, nailed all their training and no, it, it's all a little iffy, but just to show he did have some experience yeah. handling some things did make it a little more believable, at least for kids, which is the target. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a kid, I watched that scene. I'm like, now how the hell did he just luck his way into blowing up an army? This that's mother, this, this kid. That's uh, that is how the force works. The force. Yeah. Uh, like no R two did it. No, nah, the force, bro. Uh, my buddy Travis is. Uh, this might come across as an insult to Sam Jackson, but I always thought Episode One puppet Yoda looked like a half botched clone of Mace Windu. I need you to hit up <laughs> Sam Jackson right now and just apologize. <laughs> just need you to apologize to my man's over there. Great grandfather. Uh, oh, no, I love it. Um, no, I 
I, I just always enjoyed it. And one of the things that I do like, because uh, I do really enjoy the politics that happen in the prequels. And I think one of the important things for media, even if it's made um, for, for kids to consume, is to not dumb it down so much for them. You know, think about the stuff that you loved growing up. Like if you watched Batman, the animated series growing up or Spider-Man, the animated series, like gave stuff for the kids watching, but it didn't shy away from, you know, other issues and bigger issues. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It also started my love for Felicia Hardy, but that is a whole side topic. But Mm -hmm. let's see here. I'm just laughing at the chat. Uh, same replies to that super chat. Please, God dang it. <laughs> um, and then also to kind of answer what you were saying, uh, Jacob, the name Sheev didn't appear until 2014. Yeah, um, I was about to say that was like a recent thing because I remember <laughs> I was on like Facebook or Twitter or something and somebody's like, uh, Palpatine's name is Sheev. I was like, okay, well, Papa Sheev, that's that's Daddy Sheev, you know? You know, you got to give respect to the Senate, you know what I'm saying? You know? He's a bad guy. You wouldn't want to cross him, but also he's got the name Sheev. Do you really want to be around someone whose name is that close to Shiv? No, you really don't. So, <laughs> Also, Lila Blob, who's over on our Twitch stream, said it wasn't The Phantom Menace really the only film being released in 3D during that 3D TV phase. I was not part of that hype, so I don't. I don't know. Yes, it was, and they were yes. supposed to do all of them in 3D, but it was such a flop, I think, even though they had made a bunch of money when it came out you know, in 2D on the original release, uh, that they just didn't release them like, anymore in 3D. Like That was it. Interesting. Uh, also, uh, booty water and vomit personified added to vocabulary. Yo, I, it's off the top. If, if it comes out, I forget I say it, and then someone brings it back. I'm like, oh, I did say that, huh? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. If It could be worse. We could be like uh, last time when I had the Jedi always on, and we were talking about Palpatine's feet. Um, Ooh, yeah, some I thought those dogs is crunchy. <laughs> From uh, Tropic Thunder, booty sweat. <laughs> 20 times or so. Uh, Cal says, <laughs> My head cannon is sheaved, is short for sheaven. <laughs> I, I like it. I approve. That's um, why he became a Sith Lord because he was sick of being bullied. He can go unscathed. There's the revenge you were asking about, Jacob. That was the whole thousand year Sith plot. Right. Right He's so mad about right. it. That, yeah, that's the only now, thing. His name also is like sheave, as in like a. A, um, a bunch of wheat, like a, you know what I mean, a sheave of wheat, like bringing in the sheaves or that type of thing, which is a symbol of fascism. It's literally in the logo for most fascist empires. So I mm. think sheave also has some symbolic meaning to just uh, as fascism, right? You know, I sometimes mean. love how Star Wars names are like really meaningful and then sometimes they're like super on the nose, like Dark <laughs> Maul. Yeah. Right. Maul just, yeah. just kill, you know. <laughs> uh, Sleaze Bagano, yeah, that he that name made it through. I feel like that was a placeholder. Like you're like uh, John Everyman. You're like, no, that's not the actual name. You're supposed to change it before. Yeah. Um. All right, let's jump into uh, uh episode number two. Attack the clone. <sighs> Start with chatting on this one. Oh. You- Messaged me last night. This is the first thing I thought of. Like, oh, prequel talk. Okay, so I I'll go through the whole film, but I have to just say that as I, it came out in two thousand two, so I was eight years old. We bought it on DVD when I was nine. Um, for about 
15 years after, so I'm 27, so about between 24 and 27, I finally decided to watch the fireplace scene between Anakin and Padme. And I had to stop halfway because I just, I cringed. As an adult, I cringed <laughs> because I thought, how did we get the marriage scene? Like, I didn't know. I just assumed, like, he he must have said something charming, like, you know, from a Hallmark card. And no, it like, just, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. Yeah, like, no, it's when he said, your so kiss is haunting line. my very soul. Like I, yeah. I actually threw up a little in my mouth. So <laughs> I just was like, okay, Geonosis battle fast forward now. So, but for me, besides the cringy dialogue, um, attack of the clones is a little over my list. Um, I really like the Kenobi plot of discovering Camino because it's, we didn't have a war before episode two ended. Like we had Jedi's doing missions, keeping the peace you know, they're not soldiers. So we kind of saw him on a mission. Like, what did Jedi do? They go out, explore. They kind of solve mysteries, help people. And that's what he was doing. And I don't know. It's kind of cool for him to, like, have to go through this puzzle-solving um, side plot, which turned into a main plot in the movie. It's like, oh, what? why is this planet missing? Who deleted this? Well, let's just talk to Yoda. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to space. Like, oh, there's a bunch of clones here. The guy that were, that, like, killed people on Coruscant like it really expanded but it was cool to see like just the everyday life of Jedi going through the halls of the Jedi temple and again I talked about world building episode one I liked that we were getting more uh worlds we were getting more uh, expansion on these ideas of like cloning like as a kid I just assumed that you know those were all people in outfits I didn't know that they were all CGI I genuinely was convinced every single person on the sandy like terrain of Geonosis were real people and George Lucas had that much money. Um, but it was just a really, it, it's the weakest of the prequels for me, but it sets up a lot for episode three. And I think that's the saving grace for me, but I definitely don't watch it outside of the Geonosis battle. Like I, I just don't visit it a lot and I blame Anakin a hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, and it's it's I don't know it's a little surprising to to hear you say that because I know what a big Anakin fan you are in, in general and and your cosplay is amazing. Um, Thank you. I'm this Anakin fan, like right, like the one with the long wavy hair who like acts a bit cooler, even episode three. But mm -hmm. like, and again, I think you know breaking it down from like his experiences. You know, I know that was mentioned earlier, like a show of Anakin growing up between one and two. That would give a lot of insight because his exposure to, you know, basically he's being mastered by Obi-Wan where they're more brothers than really like that father-son relationship to me because Obi-Wan's still young. He's still learning how to teach. And so basically he's like, hey, you have to repress all these emotions, these feelings. And so he's a kid who's like experiencing these feelings, thinking about Padme every day because it's one of the only women he's interacted with. He really likes her and is attracted to her. And he just. And it's Natalie it. Portman. And it's, it's Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Natalie. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. So then add that to the other layers. Like he he's confused and he is a young adult trying to, you know, rebuild that that bond that he thinks they developed when he was such a young kid um, on Tatooine. And so to me, there's a lot of layers of okay, how does this guy become Darth Vader? Well, let's talk about the fact that the Jedi kind of had him repress all of his feelings and he couldn't communicate properly. 
because his exposure outside of the Jedi Order and working with Obi-Wan was in a way limited in what he could really say how he was feeling or what feelings he had and really the guidance. Like in episode three, you see him talk to Yoda and Yoda doesn't really give him a lot of, you know, he gives him good guidance, but it isn't what he wants to hear or what he needs to hear. So I don't know. I think episode two is good, but it definitely, Anakin just was just that, that teenager. I, I can't watch the fireplace scene again. So that's it. That's, that's my last on that one. Well, I mean, my theory is always, has always been that all villains in star Wars are theater kids. And like Anakin was just at the age where he just started like reading Shakespeare. And that's why his dialogue is like that. And he's like, I'm haunted by the kiss you never should have gave me. And she's oh. like, <laughs> she's just like, you know, I'm going to marry this kid at the end of the day. That Yeah, absolutely. No, I, 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 I do love um, Attack of the Clones. And also, I will firmly say that people whose favorite Star Wars film is Attack of the Clones are the coolest people in the, in the Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, they're just they're the yeah. coolest and least problematic and just like, they're just chill all around. Um, uh, your thoughts on it, Jacob? So I was just thinking about what Jen was saying about Anakin. And, you know, between episodes two and three, he really had a glow up, but then he had a, a burnout. Right. So never mind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the episode two, like I, I love all of Star Wars. Uh, let's just get that on the table. But episode two to me is the weakest one. Um, I still think it's in the top tier of all science fiction films, because I think as a franchise, Star Wars beats most things out there uh, for me personally. Uh, <clears throat> but I just there were some problems that I had with the film. There were a lot of things that I liked because I, you know, try to focus on those things. So, like, Camino was cool. Um, seeing Jango Fett was especially cool because we barely got any Boba Fett in canon before we got Jango yeah. Fett. And, and, you know, now we see, you know, his kid and see where all that comes from. So, you know, there was some sciencey stuff that you know, was a little more developed than just midi-chlorians from the first one. Uh, and then we got some other cool things like... Um, well, the Battle of Geonosis, which was just chaotic to me, but it was also very cool. Like, and then it just went even bigger at the beginning of episode three, which we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, the problems I had with the film were things like, you know, Obi-Wan missing completely obvious things like, oh, here's that assassin. He's on this world with our clones. Uh, it, it's not a big deal. And then he's fighting us, but we're with the clones like. There's no putting these easy pieces together that there's a plot here that's that's all connected. Um, and then Darth, uh, you know, um, I'm not Darth, uh, Master Sifo-Dyas, you know, we got nothing. It's just, oh, Master Sifo-Dyas. Oh, well, he died 10 years ago. And that was it. There was no, until the Clone Wars TV show finally dealt with him a little bit. We just didn't see anything on screen about him. So I was like, well, that seems like a wasted, you know, potential there. Like, why do we even need to know that name? Is that Dooku? Like I, for a couple of years, I was a little confused. Like, is that his other name? Uh, no, he's he's Darth Tyrannus. Oh, okay. So there were I, I had a few problems with some of the logic of the film, but overall, I, I think it was good. The dialogue sucked. I I, I can't sugarcoat that. Uh, except for Obi Wan, for whatever reason, to me, he has the best dialogue through the whole trilogy, and his delivery is really good. But like something that happened in the original. Because Obi-Wan can do no wrong. I mean, the guy had a, a glue-on beard and a mullet, and he pulled it off. <laughs> so he did. Ewan McGregor. He's killing younglings, and he had to, like, cover his mouth because he could not smile. <laughs> I, I, I think of that every time I watch that scene now. I'm like, he's laughing under that hand. 
but um, no, he, uh, you know, his stuff was good. But like in the original trilogy, we have so many iconic moments of dialogue and acting because those actors, particularly Carrie Fisher, doctored the script and said, here's what we should be saying. And they they really took an active role in it. And George Lucas was like, whatever, just, you know, faster and more intense or whatever. Yeah, like those we got um, to the prequels and he wrote everything and they were all new actors just bowing down to, you know, George Lucas and did whatever he said. And then we got what we got. Like there was no pushback. There was no like creative input. Um, and that's why a lot of the complaints about the prequels were that Lucas should have had his friends direct the films like he did in the, at least episodes five and six. And it would turn out better if he's not doing everything. But my, I still push back on those complaints with my contemporaries and said, listen, it's still George Lucas's vision at the end of the day. And compared to any other film franchise, it's still good. So, no, it's not my favorite film. My, It's my wife's favorite Star Wars film, by the way. So, yeah, I think, Chaco, you're right. It, she's not a problematic fan. She's not even invested pretty much at all. And she thinks I'm weird that I talk about this stuff all the time. But <laughs> she loves that film. And so I'm like, it's cool. People who love Phantom, uh, the uh, Attack of the Clones are cool. The actual attack of the clones was amazing, and the whole, you know, uh, imperial march sequence at the near the end of the film that was amazing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, here we go, the empire's coming. So, it had good moments. I try to focus on the good and skip the fireplace scene myself. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So I just the look that he gives her at the very end of that scene makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> like <laughs> consent. Um. <laughs> Jay Kev, you definitely sugarcoated uh, what Harrison and Carrie Fisher said because if I remember correctly, I believe they were quoted on saying, "I'm not saying that shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carrie Fisher was a feisty lady, and we got a great set of films because of that. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Uh, she's a pistol, <laughs> but uh, no, there was uh, that that scene. I'm still thinking about him saying, "You're so beautiful," and uh, no. It's because I'm in love. No, it's because I'm in love with you. Oh, love is oh. blind. It's like, ah, oh, really, guys? But in the makeup, anyway, I don't usually critique makeup, but that scene, it was a little off. The whole thing. Sorry, I, I got to quit talking about it. I have to <laughs> yeah. Go I mean, well, one thing that I do really uh, appreciate in, in the film, though, is everything that we saw uh, Anakin become happens in Attack of the Clones, too. And I feel like a lot of... Uh, I, I hear that his fall was too quickly in, in Revenge of the Sith, but all of that stuff, him talking about, you know, ruling the galaxy, they should be made to understand. Like he says that in Attack of the Clones, you know, he, 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 he was, yeah. <laughs> but he's like he, just joking. Like a lot of people do on the internet today. <laughs> um, the whole scene with the, the Tuscan, the, the Tuscan, you know, Raider village, and he does so in a way that makes you feel almost feel justified. But um, a couple of weeks ago, we they brought it up on this podcast. Like, what if one of them wasn't wearing a helmet? You know what I mean? Um, because at least, at least in Legends, you know, not all Tuscans are are alien. Like some of them are human. Like you can be from anywhere. But imagine if one of them wasn't wearing a helmet. And when he talks about slaughtering the women and the children, we were forced to understand that it means people that look like him that were truly innocent and not just, you know what I mean? I I think that's, that's really interesting. The other thing I really enjoy about just the prequels in general is it takes, it just, it just lives in the universe. 
And I think the prequels is where George um, turned off what makes a movie and turned on, this is my world and I'm going to build this world. Knowing full well, yeah, I'm not going to win any Oscars <laughs> for, for this. But there are certain things that need to happen in a movie for that movie to be rated as good. But he's like, no, I'm not making a movie. I'm telling a story in my own universe. And I'm going for it. And he he went with it. You know what I mean? Like, just super random stuff, too. Like, the um, person from the Techno Guild, where all of a sudden he's his boxes starts going rah, rah, and he starts doing dubstep and you're like, that's super weird. But why is that? He, but, but it, it's there and it like, I know it's, it's high camp and, and, uh, and it makes me happy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. A lot um, of that stuff makes so much more sense now that we have all the other material because it was exactly what you said. Like even Cypher Diaz and some of these other things, like some of the aliens, they were fleshed out later. Thank you, J Dave Filoni, you know, and, and friends. But and I think a lot of younger fans don't realize that that's why they love the prequel so much because they have all that context and they have all the extra lore and stuff, and it just didn't make sense to some of us in the films at the time because it just wasn't explored. But you know, at the end of the day, I was like, eh, "It's a Star Wars film," but I was, boy, Episode Three really made it better for me. But we'll get there. Yeah, and and like you said, like that stuff, there was no plan, there was no explanation. Mm -hmm. It was like this guy looks cool. We'll put him in there. And like, there's no explanation. We got one later, just just backfilling stuff. And I think that's what makes it amazing. But uh, yeah, Ben, what do you think? Okay, <clears throat> one. Uh, my sister, my younger sister, is in Attack of the Clones. Stan, um, she loved it so much, ironically, that it became an unironic love for the movie. So, uh, and we will does. quote. Yeah, it, it okay. Star Wars is camp. I'm getting that out of the way. I made a video about that. Star Wars is camp, but um, uh, personally, I like so, Attack of the Clones more than I like The Phantom Menace. And I have I fair. have lots of thoughts. Okay. I have lots of thoughts. Just um, real quick, though, real mm -hmm. quick, you just saying it's 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 high camp reminds me of uh, because we we briefly mentioned people with stupid names in Star Wars. There is there is a Jedi with the name Soon Bates. Um, and he is a Jedi master. He does. Yeah, somebody definitely thought that through, <laughs> but somebody put that there yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not, not to mention, you know, I'm I'm a gonna die. Uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gonna die. Yeah. Um, but but keep no, keep going. There's too um, many so of them. Sorry. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts about Attack of the Clones. This movie has. This was actually the the prequel I saw last because as a kid, um. So as a kid, we had the VHSs for uh, four, five, six, one, and then I saw three in theaters with my dad. But fun fact, my dad hates Star Wars, but he saw it for me because he loves me. Um, so I never saw two until I bought the DVD for myself with money. My grandma, you know, you know how grandmas are. They'd be like, "Don't tell your parents," and I'm like, "Okay." And then I'm clones. So I finally saw Attack of the Clones, and it is a very conflicting film. Because it has potentially one of my favorite like subplots with Obi Wan, Obi Wan and Camino. That's 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 high film. That's arch. That's beautiful. Anakin spitting the worst game possible at Padme. That mm, that makes my knees break. I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, I hate it. 
Uh, I, I don't like oh. saying it's coarse and rough and irritating. It's everywhere. <laughs> Not like you. You're soft. Oh my god! <laughs> Goodness, brother is. And like oh moments after god. she had said, "It's making me uncomfortable," and he's like, "Yes, right. my lady." <laughs> when you brought up the fireplace scene, the uh, my instant thought is always, "I'm haunted by the kiss you should have never." Anakin, you are a cornball. Anakin and Kylo Ren watched one iDubs video in sixth grade and fell down the alt-right pipeline. And we had to deal with it as an audience. Okay. We had to deal with it as an audience. Okay. I I just I, there's many conflicting feelings. Like one, I like it more than the Phantom Menace because there's less Jar Jar. That, in my opinion, is good. It was also painful that Dave Filoni loves Star Wars so much. That even in the Clone Wars, I couldn't escape Jar Jar as a Jar Jar anti. I I am a Jar Jar anti. I hate that man. That man, I wish him nothing good. I'm at best, I wish the world. I'm at best, lovely, a king. He deserves- what if- yeah, he saved the galaxy once. Yep. Even though he's but, secretly a Sith Lord, but we won't get into that. Yeah, we won't get into that because, yeah. you know, I'm at best had that tweet. And I was just like, what you mean by that, man? But... <laughs> Less Jar Jar is a good thing, but Jar Jar said, Misa proposed. <laughs> that man threw off the entire feng shui of the galaxy with one bad idea. <laughs> and the whole there was the whole universe had to deal with his bad idea. And Jar Jar, okay, Jar Jar has game. I see that comment. That's funny because Jar Jar has an arc. I, it's so funny to me that Jar Jar has an arc in the Clone Wars where he's like trying to basically fight coronavirus and he also has a girlfriend in that arc. Hilarious to me. Also, never need to watch it after I watched it one time on Cartoon Network. Never need to watch it again. But, um, oh my God, my thoughts on the Attack of the Clones are scatterbrained because it's a scatterbrained movie. But it's also like, there isn't a central protagonist. There is an A plot, a B plot that properly converged. So I appreciate that. Um, I will say every Star Wars movie in the main line in one through nine has a really good final act. I had to exclude Rogue One and Solo because uh, Rogue One, obviously, the final act is fantastic. Solo, I have thoughts about Solo, but we don't need to talk about that. But every every one through nine has a fantastic uh, final act. If you were to watch the final act on its own as a short film, you could be like, this is fire. But... What comes first is important. And in Attack of the Clones, we we have Anakin committing baby's first act of genocide. You know, he went through that village and murdered everyone. He said, everyone's a goner. He also was in what would be Luke's room later, throwing a tantrum. He's like, oh, my God. And, and Padme's reaction to hearing Anakin committed an act of genocide is, to be angry is to be human. Homie, homegirl, What? She's ignoring all the red flags because he has those beautiful blue eyes. That's it. That's it. She's looking into his eyes. She's like, this man is spitting the stupidest stuff out of his mouth. But man, is he fine. That's all that was going through her brain. She's like, she's like, ooh, I know he's, ooh, he's so fine. That's all she was thinking about. And, and, and then also Attack of the Clone gives me Padme in that white outfit. And as a little boy, that was like, whoa, whoa, wowie, whoa, wowie, whoa, wow. I was like, so happy about that. But also Padme was one of my favorite characters just cause she was cool. Um, I just liked her, but also, I, sorry, I'm so scatterbrained. And the one scene in the beginning where she's like, I'm sorry uh, to the handmaid who dies in her place. But like, also, isn't that the, the decoy's job, like, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to die in place of her, but she's, like, apologizing to her, like, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was supposed to happen. That's what she got hired for. 
That was yeah. that's the whole goal. You're not supposed to die. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the same thing though. Is like a waiter brings your food and you're like, thank you, and you know you don't go about time, you know, because like that's your job. I don't know it's still <laughs> at least yeah. secretly, but yeah, it showed her heart, right? Like it showed that it did, it did. That are not matched by this teenagers. Oh, anyway. No. Oh my God. What yeah. does a twenty-four-year-old woman need with a nineteen-year-old boy who doesn't know how to say "I'm sorry" and maybe I'm I'm tripping? You know, he has no emotional checks. Anakin was on one in that movie. He's just tripping, mad tripping. But yeah, I still, despite all those complaints, I still enjoy it more than the Phantom Menace because there's less Jar Jar. Obi Wan is a Chad, a God, and that mullet was. That's one of the five people on the planet who's rocked the mullet properly. And um, now I need to know Samuel L. Jackson was basically like, I'm Samuel L. Jackson spoke purple lightsabers into existence. He said, I want this. And George Lucas was like, I'll I'll see what I can do. And then he did it because you don't tell Samuel L. Jackson no. Ask the the Russo brothers, they probably they're afraid of that man. (laughs) The Russo brothers, I noticed, I heard that he was like. He was like, I don't tell you how to direct. You don't tell me how to act. And they put him in less movies. I noticed that. They gave him less lines. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. They didn't want to deal with that. But, you know, like Samuel L. Jackson gets to do stuff in Attack of the Clones. He doesn't just stand around, you know? Yeah. Now, now I I do have to say, uh, I I do agree with Camilla here with uh, Padme is allowed to fall in love with whoever she wants. I should never be faulted for it. Um, I I do think, though, I would have drawn the line at murder. I love my wife, but if she like murdered a room full of people, I probably would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Padme is the perfect example of that. Like liberal girl who has an alt-right boyfriend. And she's like, we just, we don't see eye to eye on things, but it's okay. And like, she's, she's like that. Everyone knows one. Um, She's like that. She's like, I know he committed an act of genocide, but have you seen him? Like I'm not saying no to that. She she oh. is she's the perfect example of like what is is needed of like yes things are terrible like in the galaxy right now but mm-hmm. I truly believe that we can come together and we can make things better you know there's a whole yeah. speech that she does about you know just because there's darkness in something doesn't mean that we abandon it or let it go um, we we love it and we show <clears throat> it light and we hope that it chooses the light is what she says in her speech. And so I, I do, I do love that, but like, you know, uh, I, I love, I just, I just love Padme as a character. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's, she's a winner, you know? I also forgot <laughs> one last thing. Oh, Attack of the Clones has my favorite line in any Star Wars movie ever. Boba Fett going, go on dad, get him. That I love that. It's so, <laughs> I love it. Every time I watch Attack of the Clones, and I'm like, oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just have, I have but none of it made sense. Once we get to Revenge of the Sith, though, it will make sense because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, and then for, for me, like, I I, I think I, I talk about it all the time. I love the whole thing of um, Obi-Wan, like, not knowing what's happening at any point in the movie. And he's just, like, going around the galaxy like, uh, do you know what this is? And I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. That's this. He's like, cool. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he shows up on Camino, and he's like, hey. And they're like, oh, we've been waiting for you. And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, what they are we appear doing? to have no motive. Don't assume anything, Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Um. All right, we'll jump into uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> 
And this one we're starting with chatting. Oh man. Okay. Uh, where do I start? Okay. So uh, Ben, I got beef with you because you said you had thoughts on Solo and Revenge of the Sith is my number two right behind Solo. So we'll talk after this call. Um, I'm kidding. But no, I <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is my number two of all Star Wars films uh, and shows. Um, just because when I watch it, the deep drum hits when you see the light of Coruscant hitting that one Republic cruiser and you hear those two ships just coming out. You're like, oh, this is this is definitely skipping the slow intros, the first two of the prequels. Like we're going straight into it. We're we're in the Star Wars right now. Um and I think that the way that I, I actually the first 15 minutes, the second they land in Grievous's ship, I immediately think of how their relationship is exactly how Obi-Wan described it in episode four. Like, yes, he was, he yes. was a good friend. And I'm like, he was a good friend. They like joking, they're hanging out. Like he jumps to the elevator. Uh, Anakin does. And Obi-Wan's like, Oh, it's you. And he's like, they're just bickering. Like they have to go save the most powerful uh, politician in the galaxy. I'm like, these two dudes are bickering in an elevator. After like like twenty minutes of losing clones and killing droids, and I'm like, this is they're just vibing. But it something about it just felt very much like a fun experience that really just was like, okay, we're hitting the end game. Like this was the end game of Star Wars for us, like how Avengers End Game was for Marvel, if that makes any sense. Like we know it's culminating into something, and we've seen this build up, and the dialogue's definitely improved. I think compared to like one and two, a lot of those campier moments or like those awkward moments are lessened. They're not, not there, but it really focuses on action a lot. And I feel like for the title of star Wars, like we're getting the war portion of this spread throughout the entire movie. I don't think there's a more than a three minute scene that isn't all war or fighting in some capacity. Um, so I don't know. It's definitely cool to kind of see that payoff. Again, I like the political side of the prequels, this one definitely focused less on that uh, minus like the transformation to the empire scene. Um, but I thought that was cool too, because you see how within a split second, this politician who was playing this for years finally gets to enact his plan. He's like, okay, I've got it. Like I'm going to make these guys, the good guys, I'm going to make them the bad guys. And the whole galaxy is going to believe me uh, all because Anakin made a split second decision uh, against at the time he thought it was for his own interests. It was against his own interests and against the interests of Padme and all of his friends and family and everyone he knew. Um, the movie just to me, like Chaka, you said attack of the clones. Like you see Anakin give a lot of signs of becoming Vader. So I hear a lot of like, Oh, the turn was too fast. I feel like the turn made sense with those movies back to back. Like you see that transition for Vader. So I just feel like every character got like good payoff. The plot was good. I wish we had gotten a bit more of the Clone Wars. I know that's what we got the show for, but mm -hmm. still. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just can't think of a moment where I don't like watching Revenge of the Sith. Like, I don't have to skip something or, like, get to the good part. Like, to me, it's all the good part. Um, and when you see Obi-Wan hand off Luke and turn around and walk off to the animal he rode on on Tatooine right before the end, like, you see the pointed, like, form of his hood immediately thought of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. I'm like, there it is. Like, that's the transition. Like, that's the handoff into the original trilogy. 
I just feel like they did it so well that it was believable. Like the dude in Vader's suit, that's totally Anakin. Like, I don't know. It just, it just bridged so well. And to me, I think that was what makes it so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really kind of like what, what you said when you have those, um, the moments of them together. And I think even, um, where did it go? Travis mentioned in the, the chat, you know, the honorable moment of his fate will be the same as ours, where he won't leave Obi-Wan behind. I, I really feel like um, in Attack of the Clones, they have this relationship that is very, it's very brotherly, but like if, when you look at the actual dialogue, right, and you divorce all the information that you've gotten from the Clone Wars and the other films and stuff like that, um, Obi-Wan doesn't seem to like like him <laughs> very much. Yeah. He's like he's like yeah. your little brother that's yeah. just always there, but you don't actually like him. And the whole time he's just like, uh what why are you guys here? It's like we we came to rescue you. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> like yeah. he's so sarcastic the entire time today that it's it's great to see them together yeah. and show that that camaraderie. Um and uh, there's yeah, there's tons of stuff to, to love, but yeah. I don't want to take your guys' stuff first. So, uh, J.K., what do you think? The opening sequence to Revenge of the Sith is my favorite opening sequence of any film, period. I just, I love it. It's not my favorite of the Star Wars films, but it's it's up there. Like, it's, it's at least in the, I don't know, top half. I, I, I love, love all of them so much. So, it's a real, I've always changed my ranking on those, but that... I've used it for 15 years to anytime I had to set up like a surround sound system, I always just turn that thing on and let it play while I'm testing all the speakers. And I just, cause I love that whole sequence. Like the way they perfected the CGI for that. And just like, you actually see it's a little morbid, but you see the clones actually exploding out of the ships and like flying through space and yeah. just, it's all one shot. Like it's so epic. That whole yes. opening battle. I'm like, this is a star war like we've never yep. seen before. Yep. And so it just gives me chills even just thinking about it. And that, like you were talking about one of you were that drum, boom, boom, yep. boom, boom. And then the, ah, and the music, like that's <laughs> one of the best themes in all of star Wars. And I'm a huge fan of the themes from the original trilogy. Like I, I you know, been with that soundtracks for my entire 40 plus years of life. Uh, but that theme is amazing to me. Like I can listen to that all day. Um, so there, there's the intro. Uh, I also think that there's not really a part of this movie that I have to skip ever. Um, it did seem at the time a little fast to me, the transition to Vader, but I think it's because Lucas decided to start with a nine-year-old kid and then end up with Darth Vader in three films. And he, <laughs> already had said episodes four, five, and six. So he couldn't be like, well, one, you know, two, part one, two, part two, two, part, to try to, get, that's what we have the Clone Wars for, right? So they actually did flesh that out. But I remember coming out of Revenge of the Sith, I think, I think Twitter was a thing then, like maybe brand new or uh, maybe, I, maybe it was Facebook, wherever I was on social media, I remember posting. That's probably MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. No, no, I was already out of that. Uh, I, I was like, thank you, George Lucas, for wrapping it up so well. Because I just, I was so grateful uh, of how well I thought the story wrapped up. Um, it didn't even seem to me like 
you know, half of that film, as long as it is, is the transition from Anakin to Vader. Like, it's not like the last act. It's half of the film. Like, it's right in the middle point when he, you know, Mace Windu goes out the window. And then it's just no. Anakin. No. I know, dad jokes are going to get dead. My dad literally would say that to me. It would make me, like, so mad because I love Mace Windu. <laughs> He's the traitor. Uh, but it was... Uh, that, that it just didn't seem like work to watch it. It was interesting. Like I was really engaged with it, I guess. And so I didn't think it was at, from that point forward. I didn't think it was too fast because Anakin was just broken, especially when he went, you know, uh, domestic on his, on his wife. And, uh, you know, then he was just so broken by the end of that. And Palpatine's like, you killed her, <laughs> you know, kind of smiling and, sort of not where he could see it and i people complained about the no i thought that was so emotional like i that scene to me was powerful and when i watched that movie i, I had just gotten married like a week before the phantom Menace came out so by the time that movie came out i'd been married six years and i was just imagining what if i had lost my wife and i had this terrible transition and i would have been screaming no as well right like i don't know i so i that was a big deal to me my sons are 20 years old and the Revenge of the Sith is their favorite film, pretty much of all films, but definitely of the Star Wars films. And so that, that's cool. But they're not like those fans that that's, you know what I mean? Like you're either, you're an yeah. awesome fan or you're the worst if if Revenge of the Sith is your favorite. There's no like middle yeah. ground there. That's yeah. just my experience. Uh, they're of the the good variety, which I'm, I'm proud of. But uh, overall, <laughs> I just think it's a great film for Star Wars. I, I don't think... None of these films stand alone. That's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is this is a great film, but not a great Star Wars film. Nah, I don't buy that. A lot of them have to be great Star Wars films that may not even be great films, at least on their own, if that makes sense. Like these mm -hmm. are definitely this was episodic storytelling way before Marvel started doing it. And in a way that even television wasn't doing in that respect. So um that you just have to understand that going in, and then the thing can be enjoyable. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great transition to the to the original trilogy yeah um camilla says watching revenge of the sith after reading brotherhood is going to hurt more than i possibly could uh the book brotherhood that's coming out if you guys aren't aware of it is the story where um where anakin gets knighted and actually gets to become on par with obi-wan you know as, as his master and they go on adventures together also i feel this way about queen's hope as well queen's hope which is coming out in april is padme and anakin and it like it starts out on the day of their wedding and they get into some some hijinks and stuff there's a lot of awesome content that's gonna really and i man i just i just love how much the extra content elevates these these films. It's not a it's not a weakness. It's not a crutch. It's this is a universe. These are stories, and I love the fact that they can introduce something and not close off that thread in the film because they know that we're we're leaving certain things open. People can expand on them. This is a universe, not just one person's story. You know. So I just hope that we don't have to live through Order sixty six yet again. Oh, like I, it's no. so gut wrenching every time. Just, like I love the Clone Wars, but that was tough. And then we got it again with the Bad Batch, and it's like ah, no, I don't know no, if I can I, take it. No. I need Order sixty six just to feel something, you know. 
Well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> if you don't feel anything at some point, then you're in trouble. Like, yeah. territory there. Uh, Vince Skywalker says, I just needed Padme's uh, deleted scene to not be a deleted scene. Yeah. Um, the one with her with the Separatists? or uh, I think it's a delegation of 2000, isn't it? Where she's forming the Rebellion? Yeah. 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 Such good scenes. That's okay. So. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff where... Uh my goodness. If if y'all if y'all haven't read Matthew Stover's novelization of Revenge of the Sith, do it. Do it. I swear to God. It's it'll however you feel about this movie, it'll times it by three to six. Um it's that good, it's that well written of a book, just in general, but also oh man, like the, the delegation of the that that scene in the book. You know, it's her starting to form the, the rebellion, and they were like, Hey, you know, we really need Palpatine to pay attention to this. We should have a Jedi come with us, um, to really like hammer in the point. Do you have any Jedi that you can trust? And she's like, I, yeah, I definitely do. And she thought about it and she realized she wasn't thinking about Anakin, she was thinking about Obi Wan. And like that little, like that little part, there's just like little nuggets in that book that are just. I don't know. They just they just hit. They just make the whole thing hit different. Um, but yeah, how about you, Ben? All right. So I said earlier I had thoughts, but um, these unlike Solo, these are positive thoughts. Um, Revenge of the Sith. Hi. Who's taking pot shots? What are they talking Solo here, man? <laughs> Probably the movie I've seen the most in my entire lifetime. That was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. I was spoiled in 2005. I got Batman Begins. And Revenge of the Sith. I was smitten. I was so happy. The only issue was try to get an Anakin action figure. It took until middle of 2006 for me to get one because Anakin stuff was just gone. Like my dad was like, "Dude, I don't know what to tell you." I'm like, don't you have connections? Can I get me give me someone who can get an Anakin figure? Come on, it's my man's. But Revenge of the Sith, it just it sends chills down my spine. It makes me. Ooh, I love it. It's like it's like eating a nice decadent piece of chocolate cake after you've had a shitty dinner. Like the shitty dinner being episodes one and two, and then the decadent chocolate cake being Revenge of the Sith. Um, Sith. It's so specific. I, you know, and the funny thing is, these all are off top. Like I'm literally shitty just, dinner I'm and just booty shooting. water. I'm just like, um, you need to pick a new venue. Uh, I, I, <laughs> um, uh, I definitely picked a new venue after the booty water situation, but. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, first of all, I just, I'm just going to run through it. So we open, again, one of the best opening sequences, like Jake Hebb said, uh, in any Star Wars movie. The drums, the boom, 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 bang. I was as, as, as an adult, as a grown-ass man, I'm sitting there like, yeah, this is that shit. That's that good shit, man. I'm sitting there like, uh, what's going to happen? Even though I've seen this movie probably like 45 times, <laughs> like, I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying it. Anakin and Obi Wan are shooting, are shooting shit in the elevator. I love it. That's that's my favorite stuff. Um, Anakin actually being a hero. Anakin being the Anakin we heard about in A New Hope. Being a hero, the fate, his fate will be the same as ours. Carrying Obi Wan on his back, um, making sure that Obi Wan is safe. Making sure that Obi Wan isn't talking mess about his homeboy, his bestie R two. You know, um, him questioning even taking Count Dooku out because he was like, he was like, he was like, it's not the Jedi way. He's like, and, 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 uh, you know, Palpatine hits us with the most iconic line ever. Do it. 
And, and Anakin's like, yeah, I, I'm convinced, man. Just, yeah, no, he's like, he makes it sound, he's like, like you cut Jeep, bam, hits Dooku like that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, that movie, Hayden Christensen put his entire soul and being, he put his foot in that movie because his facial acting in that movie, people do not give my mans enough credit. He, his dialogue, his uh, line delivery, that's George Lucas's fault because we've seen Hayden Christensen and other stuff. He literally is fine. It's it, his his facial acting, his physicality. You can tell that is a disturbed young twenty two ish, twenty three ish year old man. You know, I, I feel him on that front. You know, would I? You know, unalive a room of children? Never. Um, I'm not that down bad, but you know, Anakin, his facial acting, you can literally feel what Anakin is feeling when he's looking outside the Jedi Temple. And he's like building up those those feelings, those tears. And you have Padme on the parallel, and she's like, you know, feeling the same. And she's like, <gasps> you know, she's oh no, that's later in the movie when she sees the Jedi Temple burning. Uh, that's when she cries. But uh, you know, that little kind of like the the back and forth scenes before Anakin decides to go help with Palpatine's arrest. His acting there, he's 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 shitting on everything. I'm sorry, I, there's a lot of poop euphemisms today. I'm very sorry. He's just he's he's put his foot in that role. He was eating it up, and no one can deliver "I hate you" as as demented and soul crushing as Hayden Christensen mm, has done. That's true. I've tried yeah, it. Yeah. That has destroyed my throat. Hayden Christensen deserves his props. Also, the blooper where he's like. Oh, I hate you. That takes me out every time. He's got the little little bit hanging from his chin. Hilarious. <laughs> but like, obviously, I'm actually, gonna, I'm actually mm-hmm. gonna cut that scene in with the TikTok trend that's going around. It's like, oh, Stephen, <laughs> by the way, and it's gonna go. Oh, I hate you. Oh, you and McGregor. I mean, as a fandom, we can agree that man can do no wrong. That man is he. He he is he's like a god. He gives us Shakespearean level acting to lines that sometimes don't make sense. But he's like, he's like, he's like, um, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Then he later literally says four minutes later, Senator Palpatine is evil. Obi-Wan. If you did not know that is an absolute, but we, we're just going to, we're just going to move past that. But he, when he said, you are my brother, Anakin, I loved you. Like their rat beef came to a head right there. Like he he was like, "Yo, we were we were big in Tupac back in the day. Now we're big in Tupac now." But it, 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 I just I love Revenge of the Sith. I love Revenge of the Sith. Grievous, I love Grievous. Gave us bad long rights after it'd been so long. We haven't seen Darth Vader on a movie uh, until the end. Grievous was coughing up a storm. He was literally me in, in school with my allergies and my asthma just dying after running the mile. Like Grievous, so I feel what was that? So uncivilized. Yeah. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan tossing the gun. That movie is camp incarnate. It is so good. Yeah. Uh even as a little kid, I may have been a little demented. I'm I'm seven watching this movie in theaters. And Anakin enters the room. Master Skywalker, too many of them. What are we going to do? And then Anakin's just like, <clears throat> as a kid, I was like, hey, yo, it happened. Because it always bothered me, even as a kid. Even at seven years old, I'm watching movies, kids are in them. I'm like, yo, this kid in this situation, they're dead. They're gone. Why are they Why are they here? You know, horror movies, Jurassic Park, that whole thing. I'm like, why are they even here? They're annoying. Anakin took care of that problem. Now, 
you know, in context of the yeah. situation, like, I mean, this is this is foul. This is evil. Anakin's gone. I was so hurt seeing my homeboy turn like that. I was like, no, because I had watched the the the, the Clone Wars miniseries on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network to lead up to Revenge of the Sith. But I didn't get to watch Revenge of the Sith right away because my dad was in China, and my mom does not give a, 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 a damn about Star Wars. So. Like at all. Like my dad is the only one who's like willing to was was to tolerate it. My mom's like, I do not want to watch that. And that is not happening. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I gotta wait till dad comes back from China. So he comes back, I watch it with him. I'm like, this is the best movie of all time. I love it. I'm I am obsessed. I love Star Wars. So yeah, Revenge of the Sith is camp greatness. It's it's a silly fun good time, but also super serious and dark. Jar Jar has zero count them zero lines in that movie and he has two scenes so therefore best prequel overall you know already there you know so he actually has he actually has two words he has two words. what he say oh he gets gets bumped into by a center he says excuse me and that's That's right that's right i i caught that (laughs) actually on a more recent view i totally forgot because jar jar i just don't think about things that bring me pain you know uh i i caught that on a recent view i'm like i'm like did jar jar actually speak in this movie um, but you know, I just love Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Anakin versus yeah. Obi Wan, you know, one of the best fights in all of Star Wars. I don't care that it's really choreographed, I dance, so that just made me happy. You know, when Anakin and Obi Wan hit that, boom, 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 I'm like, that's that's I'm eating that up. I eat up every moment. It's a uh, no, it's 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 a great fight. There are just certain parts that are just kind of weird to me, like the part where they run up and kick each other twice doesn't make any sense <laughs> but but yeah no um all right, so so I, I have to ask though what how do you guys feel about uh because we're you know different different age groups there was a lot of backlash that came out afterwards um so I, I want to hear what you guys thought about that and um but also also let's let's make sure we're not I don't want to, we're getting towards the end, so I don't want to hit us with too much negativity. Uh, I, I also, so your thoughts on the backlash, but also the best parts, you know, um, just real quickly hit the, the best parts of each of those films. And uh, we'll go with, uh, who did I start with last time? Chatting you started now. with me twice last time, so I'll, I'll let someone else. You got to like, right, yeah. my, my bad, my bad. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> So, so you're asking about the backlash to the prequels in general? And, no, no. and then, you know, the, the best parts, you know. Some. I had some friends that I thought were pretty decent people until they started trashing the prequels. I'm like, you're dead to me. Like, we're done. <laughs> not Maybe not quite, <laughs> but like, it just frustrated me. They were the same people that trashed on, you know, the part two and three of the Matrix trilogy, which is a whole other topic I'm going to be starting to talk about very soon leading up to part four coming out. Uh, but they... Uh, the same problem I saw with both of those franchises was not in the people making the films. It was in the people consuming them, having their own agenda on what they thought that the world should look like. And it was different from the creators of the world. And they wanted to argue with them. Like it was their thing to argue with. And my deal was, you know, even if you don't like the prequels, it's George Lucas's vision. Let's just honor that and let kids enjoy it. And I loved it. So I just kind of dismissed them at that point. I didn't care. I was, when uh, this movie came out, I was, I guess, 28. So I was at that point, you know, I, I was who I was, who I am. And uh, I didn't care what they thought. Uh, but it was rough, like, for a lot of people to like Star Wars in those days. But I didn't care. As soon as my kids were starting to come along, I introduced them to Star Wars. And they all love all the films, just like I do. 
And so that's what I, one thing I love about each of the trilogies is that there's so many memories from each one of me sharing them with my kids. Um, there's so you asked also about good moments from each film, like some of the best. Yeah, but I, I kind of want you to feel free to interpret it how how you want. This could be your your best moment while watching it with your kids, or your favorite thing in the films. You know, what, um, want to hit, hit some positivity. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm gonna go backwards with Revenge of the Sith. That we kind of touched on a little bit, but the whole going back and forth between Anakin's actions and face and Padme's actions and face that was so poetic and I thought so well done. Like that was one of the best things about that film uh, when they kept going back and forth, like when they were both antsy and then, you know, all the way to the point where they were both sort of dying at the end. Also little lines like, um, you know, uh, Anakin saying to Palpatine, his fate will be the same as ours. They all three died on the death star. So yeah, like some of these things were (laughs) very much foreshadowing things to come like uh, in the elevator in part, I'll, I'll jump to part two now uh, where he's like, uh, Obi-Wan's going to kill me. Well, I mean, Oh, he's going to be the death of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why do I feel like you're going to be the death of me? Don't say that master in the elevator, but then on uh, Geonosis, like, yeah, uh, Obi-Wan's going to kill me. And it just kind of, wow. <laughs> on the nose, but not everybody understood it because they weren't so in, you know, into it. Um, those those were great. I thought I still think the Phantom Menace is required. Like I know a lot of people are like, just go two through nine. Fine. That's if that's what you want to do, I definitely won't like criticize you for it. But there's still enough set up in the Phantom Menace, I think, that it's important for the rest of the film. And it was just fun for me to watch that kid go around in circles and fly against the Volba. I don't know. I just maybe it's my ADHD or other you know acronyms that I've got. Uh but I just enjoyed the sound and everything of that that whole race. It's one of the most fun part of any game that has it too, right? Like, yeah. Overall, I think the films are great. I, I enjoy them. I'm glad that I can share them with other people, and now I can talk about them on TikTok and here on your podcast. Okay, and I always appreciate when you come out. Go ahead. R2D2. When we started seeing him actually do stuff like crazy stuff in Revenge of the Fifth, that was another thing that I meant to mention earlier. That I just lo- like when he set those. Super battle droids on fire. I thought mm-hmm. this is great. He can actually we see him fly. They fly now. Yeah, he flew now. Uh, and he just, the way he did stuff, like they had the technology to do it. It wasn't just the guy walking around in a trash can anymore, right? It was actually like we had the CGI. And I, <laughs> I love RTD too, so I thought that was really cool. I'll end on that note. Pass it to the next person. All right, and uh, Ben. So that's on a backlash, and you know best. <clears throat> Best moments, but but so, I'm I'm gonna, the best moments and complimentary things you say can't also be coupled with the, with negative stuff. That's you got you got to go true positive. <laughs> um, uh, the backlash. Uh, how Jake Lloyd? I've always felt for that that man. I have always felt for Jake Lloyd. That breaks my heart. Like that man's life has never been the same. Hearing that he was bullied and. Man, when Lego Batman said kids can be cruel, he was right because kids are so terrible and mean. I remember when I was a youngin and I was in elementary school and I was playing Star Wars with my friends, that would always make me Mace Windu. And then after uh, Revenge of the Sith, we would be I would be Mace Windu, but we would always do the scene where I would be flying out the window. So I was not too happy about that. Uh, mm, they weren't really good friends, <laughs> but 
Yeah, I feel like as a youngin coming up, it was rough to be like, ah, my favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith. Because you'd have some, like, old man on his keyboard, like, you idiot child, why you insolent buffoon, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> which is what people do not to sequel fans, which is so annoying. Yeah. Um, they have become what they swore to destroy, you know? It's, it's real sad, you know? They were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. They missed that lesson, apparently. But uh, the backlash to the prequels is really, it was just weird, and it's it sucks the fact that we basically repeated history even though I'm someone who kind of was just like, man, I'm just enjoying Star Wars right now. Like sometimes the movies make my my feet hurt, but they be it's just fun, man. I'm getting more Star Wars. I have my opinions, but like, can I do a nine movie marathon because I'm insane? Of course, I love these movies, man. That's my it's my whole life. I got a whole shelf next to me of Star Wars figures. Those are my oh, those are my those are my homies. Um, yeah. positive things. Uh, like I said, Ewan McGregor carries these movies on his back. He probably has, has uh, needs to go to a chiropractor because he carried this whole trilogy with his Shakespearean acting, his beautiful mustard beard, and that <laughs> wonderful the one the thing that threw me off as a child was the fact that they did minor makeup to him to make him look more like Alec Guinness. So when I see him in interviews, I'm like, there's something off here. There's some, something's not right. <laughs> it's like no, this is right. That's how he looks. He doesn't. He doesn't look like Alec Guinness. It, it was. They just did minor things. Um. Uh. The one consistent thing, uh, John Williams. He decides to just put his entire soul in Star Wars soundtracks. It could be a scene where people are just talking, and the soundtrack's just like, like it's insane. Like he he does crazy stuff. Duel of the Fates, probably one of the best film scores of all time. Um, in episode two, best thing again, you and McGregor. But shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Tamora Morrison, for giving us Django Fett and then following up and giving us the clones and consistently being the voice, basically the voice of Boba Fett. Other people come in now and again to take care of it for him. Uh, as well as Daniel Logan, who also reprises his role as Boba Fett. But we have Tamara Morrison. We have the base model of all the clones. Um, he, I feel like he doesn't get his props enough for being the like OG clone guy. Because we see, even in Revenge of the Sith, Cody has a different personality than the other clones around him. It's subtle, but he does. He has a different personality than the little pilots we saw at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Tamara Morrison gave Django swag. He gave Django like everything that was necessary. He just gave Django a mystique about him that was really sad to me when I was a kid. And I saw Samuel L. Jackson just, I was like, mm, but I liked him. No. Um, the Phantom Menace, you know, the best thing about the Phantom Menace, obviously the dual fates, but uh, we got to give a shout out to the advancements in special effects uh, and the, like, even watching the movie at, like now. Jar Jar's CGI is not bad. It is not bad. It, it's like it's obviously a little dated, but the motion tracking, the CGI, uh, the fact that they even are crazy people and went in and did CGI on bloopers and deleted scenes, nuts. I love I love that. The attention to detail. Yeah. And Jar Jar um, was the first. Like it didn't mm -hmm. exist 
Yeah. It did not it, exist. It didn't exist before him. <laughs> and, and once they did that, they were like, let's let's do Yoda. Let's do more and more and more. And um, I feel like the Phantom Menace, not only that, but we obviously got Liam Neeson in Star Wars. But, I mean, Darth Maul, man, that's still one of my favorite characters to this day. And even as a kid, man's was, man had been chopped like a salad. And I still loved him. I was ride or die. I still have my little... Uh, not little, it's pretty big. Lightsaber from when I was a little kid. I love that man. I love Darth Maul. He had not much to say. He was a man of action. He just did what he needed to do. He came in, he jumped <laughs> Qui-Gon in the desert. Black Air Force energy right there. He jumped up <laughs> and Qui-Gon didn't catch him like a second earlier. And he would have, you know, that would have been awful. But yeah, no, Darth Maul, Ray Park, and later Sam Witwer created an amazing like performance for him. But that was really possible due to Ray Park's like physical performance of Darth Maul just being an absolute beast. I do, I just love Darth Maul, man. I love him. I love him. I love him. Awesome. Uh, and also, real real quick, since we are running out of time, let us know where we can find you and your your content. Oh, I t- I took a note that I did not say that earlier. Um, I'm on TikTok at btartist98. Um, I'm on Instagram also as btartist98. If you want art or food, I do some cooking here and there. Um, I if you want to see me be a little bit unhinged, and sometimes I post friends only videos and like reposts from TikTok, but also just like random pictures that I'm like, this is hilarious. I'm putting this up there. Follow me at b underscore torres98 on instagram and then on youtube i'm just bt artist um i haven't posted a proper video in a while but i plan on getting back to content i just got a job recently and when you get home when i get home i'm like man i'm tired (laughs) film more like sleep i i get that i literally uh got off work and then went live (laughs) so yeah that's, that's how i do it yeah um but yeah, how about you, Chatton? Um, you know, you're. Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Like, so yeah, growing up, uh, the backlash I kind of perceived was the bullying I got for being a Star Wars fan since, you know, I was five when Phantom Menace came out, eight Attack of the Clones, 11 Revenge of the Sith. So, like, you're in that, like, grade school, middle school era where, like, kids are. St- starting to like pick on the little guy and i was the little guy i remember getting battlefront and battlefront 2 for xbox and you get like the little instruction booklets so i'd like cut out little like clone troopers and jedi and like tape them in my locker i was like that's so cool that was probably the worst idea at the time i ever had as a as a sixth grader but or fifth grader but it was you know it was my personality but at the time there was kids and it was probably their parents that were you know, feeding that backlash, like, well, now Star Wars is dead. Star Wars is lame. This isn't Star Wars. So, like, uh, again, that's just, you know, that's just what could have been. I don't know. The kids were just bullies. But to me, like, you know, looking at it now and what the sequels get, I'm like, wow, this is what people who, like, you know, who were older and actually, like, got to witness Star Wars outside the lens of, like, you know, being a child. It's just like, ooh, space. You know, this is what people were talking about. This is what they were saying. Like, hey, the prequels, you know, people hated on the prequels. It divided fans. It, like, was a lot of unnecessary negativity. And so, yeah, I I hate that that happened because, you know, that our generation who got to witness that as children, like, it's close to our hearts. It's, 
you know, we admit now there are some cringe parts, but we enjoy it for the story it was telling, for what we got to see, who was involved, um, and the characters that that grew on us as as you know we got older, and we were like, wow, that that was such a unique story. Um, in terms of each movie, my favorite parts, uh, episode one, um, just everything Liam Neeson. Okay, the guy just is so cool. He just everything from beginning to end, but. You know, it's that faith he holds in Anakin that, like, I don't know. I could watch episode six and see him, like, I don't know if anyone, and this isn't an original trilogy talk, but, like, when you see Vader, like, looking at Luke being electrocuted, and, like, I don't know. I feel like I see a motion of Anakin behind the mask. And then it's like, wow, he actually killed Palpatine. Like, this is what Qui-Gon believed in. And so, I don't know. The, the, the little moments that that character said in episode one just extended all the way into the rest of the movies to me. Um, so that was my favorite. It's just Qui-Gon all around. Episode two, uh, Geonosis battle. I mean, that arena battle for us was what Infinity Wars, big battle in Wakanda was to me. Like, it's just the mesh of everyone just going ham against the bad guys. Uh, and then the gunships were what I consider Thor, Groot, and Rocket. So yeah, like to me, that was our Infinity Wars kids. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, just the big arena battle. Episode three, um, it's going to sound a little cheesy, that the the Leia and Luke handoff, you know, those shots of them and then oh, that, yeah. that Quinn's son mm-hmm. song. Like, there's there's the new hope right there, those two. Like, they're going to Not leave. cheesy. It's all. It, okay, yeah. It, you know, you're right. It isn't cheesy. Like, it is awesome. It's Of all moments, well, actually, between that and, and this guy, um, just right here, like... <clears throat> And you all know you've probably seen a dude dress as Grievous on TikTok for a year. Yeah, that was me. I made that that decision to buy a sixty dollar Ruby's costume, and I haven't looked back. But like Grievous was one of the your coolest. Grievous voice is great as well. Oh, thank you. Thank. I just I'd do it now, but I'll probably scratch my throat for the next yeah. few days. <laughs> Time to abandon sheep. <laughs> but but yeah, like it's. Uh, to me, like, you know, the twin sons moment, like, you know, there's that, that transitioning, there's Obi-Wan's hand off of the torch to the next generation. Um, I hate, we only got to see like 20 seconds of Alderaan, uh, would love to see more. That's Canon. You know, I know. So Tori, you, you get to go there. Um, but you know, it's not Canon, but I'd like to see more, uh, within some form of live action media, uh, you know, more of Leia's upbringing, um, would be really cool too, uh, in some type of live action, but yeah. And, uh, that's it. Love all the movies. Awesome. Uh, Oh, uh, Cal Ford makes a great point. It says before the podcast is over, deploy the likes. If you can put a like on the video, I, I'd appreciate it. I always forget to say this type of stuff. And then the video is over and there's no likes, but I was like, we had 30 people though one, t- one time. So I, I would greatly appreciate that. And also shout out to Victoria Vader, who's just the, the best person ever. So I yeah. always have to, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the best. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be coming back on for um, original trilogy talk, but we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but uh, so in, in chatting, did you say uh, where we can find oh, you? And all uh, yeah, TikTok and Twitch. Um, if you want to see uh, the the dude in a, again a Ruby's Grievous costume and whatever trends are going on TikTok, that's me, the man behind the mask. And uh, Twitch, I'm the guy who just does Maul, Anakin, and Grievous impressions for two hours playing Battlefront and 
not really playing the game, just doing impressions. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me. Uh, his his streams are great to watch. Just oh. a lot of great energy, and uh, and like I said, the voices and lightsabers come out. It's it's good times. I just the mall. It's just I was hoping for Kenobi. I, I haven't worked on it in a while, but you know, it just <laughs> it's fun. So I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, and. Uh, J. Kev, we didn't talk about where we can find you, but also if you have any closing thoughts. You can find me in cyberspace. Oh, uh, specifically, TikTok is uh, <laughs> it's still funny to me. I've been on almost two years now, and I only got on to see what my kids were watching and laughing their butts off about, right? So I was like, hey, and then I posted a video about Tony Stark, and then now I'm here. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um that's where I'm mostly active, but I do some Instagram, some Twitter, some YouTube. I don't really, I don't play games these days just cause I, you know, I've got five kids to feed and, and so on. But, uh, I am, I, I'm so anxious for the whole Skywalker saga, Lego star Wars. Yes. I don't, uh, I don't think you played any, right? Chaco, like any nope. of those games. Well, never played, gonna... I played, I played Lego pirates of the Caribbean for like 10 minutes. Oh man. Wow. It's so the Skywalker saga comes out. I'm buying it. And yeah. I'm just that if I ever do Twitch, it'll be that. <laughs> so. Absolutely. All right. I can't oh, wait. Closing thoughts. You said um, yeah. just it's better to focus on what we love than to focus on what we don't like. Some people make the whole negative thing their personality, but I just I don't let those people bother me. And none of us should. Like, I know a lot of us got bullied or whatever. Um for liking star Wars, but there are more of us. I love that line in the, uh, the last film, you know, the rise of Skywalker and we get it twice. There are more of us. And I just, we got to remember that it's, it's great. Star Wars is fun. There's so much, so many layers. We can all learn stuff from it and we should just enjoy it and have each other's back. And that's really why I'm here. So there you go. That's why I'm here. Um, yeah, I think let's find out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, once again, you know, thank you guys for coming out. It's always a pleasure to talk Star Wars with fans, and we get we mix it up. We get different people, different people interacting. Um, I have to say, I have the best chat of all time. Um, that's that's not even like like hard stuff. You know, um, so I appreciate everyone here in, in the chat. A uh, real quick shout out to uh, Harith Productions. Um, Sophie Warren, I don't know you, but hello and, and welcome. And I, I appreciate it. We have uh, Victoria Vader, who is amazing, stopping by. Um, Star Wars lawyer, Cal Forer, also a streamer. Check him out. Um, JJ Cat Lady is awesome. Um, she's going to be coming on uh, Diet in the Force this Saturday. We have the Padawans podcast. That is uh, Luke. You can check them out. I think they just moved to Thursdays, something like that, maybe. I don't know. Um, just lots and lots of awesome people. Shout out to Galactic Mermaid, uh, who I've been seeing stop by more and more often, um, who totally you know dunked on me, and I had to make an I was wrong post. Uh, <laughs> um, oh no, I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm wrong, I'm happy, happy to take it, but uh, yeah, uh, we have J. Kevin Parker in the chat here, he's a cool guy, you should check him out at all the places he just said. <laughs> um, and 
for me, when, when it comes to the backlash, I, I did literally think I was the only person in the world that liked the prequels. And I, I love all of the films. So even if I'm talking about any negatives or things that like could have been better or whatnot, you know, don't, don't be mistaken. It doesn't mean that I don't love these films. doesn't mean I don't rewatch them. doesn't mean, you know, I wasn't obsessed with Jedi power battles as a kid, um, you know, and all, all those things. And so I love that, um, now that a lot of the really, really nasty negativity is over, we can come back and be more critical and have these real discussions without going toxic. Yes. That's amazing. I can't wait to do that in the future. Um, but just keep being amazing. Keep being good fans. Keep having these positive conversations. Uh, and, you know, this is what this is how we take things back. I feel like we've made a big spot for ourselves on TikTok. We're taking over uh, Twitter and YouTube next. And you know what, damn it? We're going to make people enjoy movies or just not be a dick. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the end game. That's the end game. Yep. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I appreciate all of y'all and everyone in the chat. Thank you for coming. Um, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. I appreciate it. And may the force be with you.